morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. that we're saying from our lips right now. God, you're worthy of it because you're the great I am. And God, we glorify your name. We glorify your name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your presence that's come into this room, God. We thank you for the power and the presence of the great I Am that's walked into this room today, God. God, we don't want to take this for granted, God. God, we don't want to just take this moment, God, for granted, God. We get to stand in your presence, God. Whatever the situation we brought with us today, God, we can give it to you because we know you're able, God. You're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think, God. God, I thank you today for the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you today for the power of your presence, God. Hallelujah, God, that's ministering even right now in this room. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Someone said in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God is good. Amen. God is good. We're such a privileged people. We're such a blessed people. It's such a privilege that we get to to know God. We get to call on Him. I'm so grateful today that I know who He is. He's my God, He's my Savior. He's my friend. Amen? Are you grateful today? One more time, let's clap our hands to him in gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Go ahead and find your seats. It's so good to see all of you again on this first December Sunday. Here we are, December the 6th, 2020, and what a year it has been, amen? (laughs) I don't know, but uh, I don't think I've been so ready to see a year change numbers (laughs) as I've ever been in my life. 
But I, I want to say that, but I also want to say this. I believe God's at work in spite of the fact that I don't like what's going on. Amen? How many believe that God is at work? He's working. I believe even through this thing called COVID-19. We've seen God do some great things. And so I'm going to start this Christmas season off. I've got a new series of messages that I'll be ministering. I'm calling it I Am. And, and, and really, we didn't plan that last song to fit with the introduction of this message. But he is the great, what is he? The great I Am. I'm grateful today that I know the great I am. Amen? And he, he is so much. And we're not going to really get to break down everything he is in this month of December. But we're going to take a few ideas and we're going to introduce to you some of the things he is to us as the great I am. Amen? So today, the message on the screen, you're going to see the words, I am hope. Someone say hope. Today, he is your hope. This whole Christmas season is a message of hope. I I find it very ironic that we are in a society that really doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. They definitely are not serving him, but they will have Christmas. They will decorate. They will give gifts. They will get together, maybe in small numbers, with family because of Christmas. And we're going to take the next few minutes today, and we're going to talk about I Am Hope. And some of the team has helped me out with this, and so they're going to help introduce this concept today. I am hope. Hope. In this world, there is no force that can destroy it. Currently, the wind and waves, they may beat against your very soul. It stands unsheltered in the strongest of storms. Unhindered, because after all, hope is hope. No matter what your situation may be, it doesn't change. Though your circumstances, they may change. Though your own mind may war, but the very possibility of hope, it is still there. You just have to reach out and grasp it. And though the enemy may try, though his very goal would be to silence hope, it cannot be silenced. It can be hidden. 
It's cold. Hey, babe. Oh, it smells good. So, hey, babe, how are you doing? Well, you know, I've been good. Just good? Really? You know what? I've been really struggling. Things that are going on right now, it's been hard. I, I know what you mean. Uh, you know, I thought uh, my faith was strong, but um, I've been struggling too with uh, all this uncertainty. It's hard to remember that God's in control and that things won't always be this way. It's, it's, it's with all these thoughts that's always flooding my mind and I just have no control. For real, like how do you find hope when uh, everything seems like it's just falling apart? How's it going? Hey guys, I'm good. How's everything with you? We were just uh, talking about how crazy things are and how it's uh, just shaking us up right now. Yeah, Pastor, to be honest, I, I haven't been sleeping well and I've been really anxious about everything lately. Yeah, some days uh, I'm doing okay, but some, you know, other days it's, I feel like I'm just paralyzed at all at everything that's going on. Oh wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. I want you to know though that you're not alone, okay? This whole year has been so crazy, but I gotta be honest with you, it's kind of exciting too. What? what? Oh no, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not excited about this whole pandemic thing or what's going on in the world and stuff. Um, that part's not fun. I just mean like, because things are so crazy that everything is like topsy-turvy, everything's all shook up, you just know that God is up to something. What do you mean by that? 
Well, I look at it like this. There's nothing that happens in this world that takes God by surprise. From a flower pushing up in the garden to the whole pandemic thing. Nothing is taking him from surprise. There's a song that says like he holds it all in his hands. And that's kind of how I'm looking at this. So if he sees this and he allows it, then it must be all part of his plan. Like it must be all for good. So I wake every day and spend time reminding myself that God has everything in control. Everything that happens in my day, God's in charge of it. But what do you do when you're doing all of that and, and it doesn't seem to work or, or it isn't working at all? So like when a child is afraid, what do they do? I guess they run to their parents for safety. Exactly. When a child's afraid, they run to their father. So that's what you need to do. Run to your father. And you need to run to him every single time. You're anxious, you're afraid, you're scared, you're worried. You know, this time of year, we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to this world. But he didn't just stay as a baby. He came to this world in flesh, he grew, and then he died on the cross for us. And then he was raised again from the dead and gave us his spirit to live inside of us. So that's what we've got to live on. That's our safety, his spirit that lives inside of us. Well, just one more thing. Why would God allow this? What could he possibly gain from this? Well, I'm not God, but this much I do know is that I've never been closer to him than I am right now. So this whole thing has made me draw closer to him, like the scripture says. So I've got to believe that anything that makes us draw closer to him is a good thing. He would want us to share that with other people, give hope to the hopeless. There's a Sunday school song that says, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bush, Oh no, I'm going to let it shine. I won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Without light, darkness. Without light, despair. Without light, lost. Wandering, is utterly paralyzing. Now, imagine the smallest of light begins to illuminate. And even though that light were far off, 
in the distance, the very presence of that light brings hope. Hope that the darkness of that cave would not overcome you. Hope that you are going to make it out. Hope that everything is going to be okay. You see, light changes the very nature of darkness. So is it true that even the smallest of light can overcome darkness? Yes. Yes, it can. And yes, it will. On that holy night, over 2,000 years ago, to a world, a world that had forgotten, with their eyes closed and their ears covered, light came into this world. Up until that point, that light, it had been dimmed, but not extinguished. It had been quieted, but not mute. And as that hope and as that light burst onto the scene, in the dark quiet of a night, as that star shone over Bethlehem, angels appeared to shepherds as they watched their flocks, announcing the birth of the one that would come and redeem mankind. The one that would save this world from their sin. As those shepherds, as they began to sing, hope, hope erupted like an inferno. Its whisper crescendoed to a mighty roar because a great light had entered the scene and with it, hope that everything was going to be different. On that night, our Savior was born in a stable, a place so seemingly void of hope. Why? Why would a king choose to be born in such a lowly place? Let me tell you, when people need hope the most, they are often found in the lowliest of places. Whether in their mind mentally, in their spirit, or in their body physically. You see, light reveals truth. speak truth to everything that is false casting shadows 
in the darkness, which instantly begins to lose its power, its grip, its hold. You see, darkness, it rules when there is no light. Why is that? Because when light enters the scene, it wins every single time. Darkness cannot create more darkness, but light, it can create more light. So I compel you today, allow the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to touch you, to impact you, to draw you, to soothe you, and to comfort you. It was on that night that heaven's long-awaited promise to a dark and dreary world was finally born a king a savior a redeemer the Lord Jesus Christ today next week next month next year for the rest of your time I urge you open your eyes to his light and open your hearts to his hope. Thank you, Brother Mark. Thank you to Brother Andrew. Thank you to Kamarin and Dee for helping us to learn about hope. You know, the word hope is something that we use a lot. You might have said hope this week. I hope I get this for Christmas. Some of you might have said, I hope he shows up at some point in my life. You might have said, I hope it doesn't snow. One of the things that I'm hoping for, I hope I get to travel again. Okay? That, what, th- these things are what I call worldly hope. I really don't have any control over some of these things. I have no control over if it snows or not. I have no control over when the borders open or not. I don't have any control over, well, maybe I do, at what I get for Christmas. (laughs) Um, You know, this hope that we have, this word hope that we use, it's usually characterized by some doubts. I hope. It usually involves us having not a lot of control over a situation, I hope. It may happen, it may not happen. But there's a hope that Brother Mark introduced to us today. That's a guaranteed hope. Amen? There's a hope that he introduced to us today that we can say, I'm sure of, I can depend on it, because it is hope. From above, in your Bibles, a couple of quick verses. 
Romans chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. You can stay seated for these verses. I'm going to read several verses throughout this message, but Romans 15 and 12 says, And in another place Isaiah said, The heir to David's throne will come. Okay, this is what the prophet said. There's going to be an heir from David's throne that will come. He will rule over the Gentiles, and they will place their, what are they going to place? They will place their hope in him. It goes on to say, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Because when you get hope in God, you get a lot of extra things with it. You, you get filled with joy, filled with peace because you trust in yourself. Is that what it says? Because you trust in the government. Is that what it says? No, we have peace and we got joy when we have hope and trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I thank God today that there's a hope that I have placed my life in. There's a confidence that I have. It's not just a maybe so, hope so, but there's a confidence, there's a guarantee that what God has said, God is going to do. He's the source of all hope. You wonder where that hope comes that gives you strength to stand when things are not looking good. Some of you have gone through some trials and some tests, and you've gone through some troubles in this past year, and you don't have anything to say but just that you've had your confidence in Almighty God. You say, how did you get through it? Because I've got hope in the King of Kings. I've got hope in the Lord of Lords. My confidence is in Him, and I trust in Him. One more verse of Scripture here. Hebrews chapter 10 and 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Let's, let's get a good backbone here. That, that we're going we're gonna to hold fast to some things. We're going to hold fast the confession of our hope. And we're not going to waver. For he who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. There's some promises in the book that I am holding on to. There's some promises in God's word that I am hoping in. Now, it's not a hope so, maybe so. I know there's no guarantee, but I'm trusting God because these promises are true. Amen? And I can go to God and I can remind him of the promise that he's given me. It might not have happened yet, but I'm holding on to hope. You know, we, we, we can come to a service like this and we can have the pastor say it. And yes, I have it. But you know what? We, we have trouble sometimes when, when months go by. Years go by. Maybe decades go by. And you haven't seen the answer yet. You know, we, we, we're not very good at the waiting game. Amen? None of us like to wait. We don't want to wait for anything. 
If there's a line, and we, we have certain places we go to, we have a Tim's we go to, we have a Starbucks we go to, and, and we, we look and see. We can tell ahead of time, because they're very close together, which is the less weight. As we're coming over the, the ridge, we can say, okay, which one's it going to be today? Because we don't want to wait. How many are with me? We get discouraged when God takes a little too long on his promise. Amen? We're, we're heading into the Christmas season and we're here. And, and, and Christmas is about waiting. At your house or at our house, you know, there's, there's the anticipation that Christmas is coming. But then there's the waiting, especially if you've got younger kids. How, how many more sleeps before Christmas morning? Like, how much longer do I have to wait? It seems like Christmas is always slow in coming. But let me tell you today, and let me tell the kids that you might have today, that Christmas always comes. It might seem like it's a long way off. You might not be able to, to open the gifts today. You, you might just be anticipating what it's going to be like on that morning, it, it, especially for the kids, for the child. It's, it's so slow. But no matter how slow it seems, Christmas always comes. I want to tell some child of God today, it, it might seem that the answer has not come. The promise has not been fulfilled. You've not seen it happen yet. But I just want to say the promise, the promise the promise will come. If he said it, it will happen. Because God's promises will come to pass. That first Christmas, a little over 2,000 years ago in Judea, you know what, there was a people. And we pick up the story of the, the children of Israel and the people of God, and, and we forget the fact that They've not heard from God for a long time. How many years? Does anyone know? I, I think I heard it. 400 years. God hasn't spoken. 400 years. No answer from God. In fact, things have gone from bad to worse. We think we've lived through like the last nine months or ten months of pandemic and, whoa, we can't handle it. They lived 400 years without hearing from God. But there was a remnant, the Bible says, that every day they held on to that promise. Every day they were waiting for that Messiah, he'd been promised by the prophets. He'd been promised that there was going to be a babe born in Bethlehem's manger. He'd been promised that he'd be born of a virgin. That the babe would come to be the Messiah. They weren't waiting for Santa Claus. They were waiting for God to show up. Every generation, there was a group of people. They just lived every day in obedience to God's word, looking, maybe this is the day the Messiah is going to come. Maybe it's going to happen today. 
for 400 long years. Generations came and generations went. Nothing. People were born into families. They were taught the Messiah is coming. They they were shown the prophet's words that he's coming in Bethlehem. He's going to be born of a virgin. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. He's going to be God robed in flesh. That they were waiting. Many of them grew their entire life holding on to the promise that they were taught as a child. That they spent their entire life waiting for this Messiah to come. And many of them died without that promise being fulfilled in their lifetime. Yet they prayed. Yet they waited. They remained hopeful. They remained faithful to the promise. I'm sure there were some that abandoned their faith. I'm sure there were some that said, fooey on this. I've waited for 40 years and nothing's happened. Why, why are we believing this stuff anyhow? It hasn't happened yet. But there was a group. The Bible says there was a remnant. The Bible says there was a, a little group of people that they said, you know what? I'm holding on to the promise. I'm going to keep that promise. I'm not going to let go of the promise. The promise says that he's going to come. I want to remind us today that when you have been living in your life and things are not happening as you desire. How many would say, Pastor Steve, I've got some stuff in my life that I'm waiting for God to do. I'm still holding on to hope. I'm still standing on some promises that I, I haven't seen fulfilled yet. Well, what do you do when you're living life and you don't see it happening yet? you got to do what a couple of people did in the book of Luke. Zacharias and his, his little wife, Elizabeth, they just kept doing what they were supposed to do. They just kept being obedient, kept trusting God. We're not going to get into the full story here, but I just want you to know that when God seems quiet, when God seems like he's inactive, when God seems silent, keep on doing what you should be doing. Keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on trusting, keep on giving God your best in your life, and God will show up. Luke chapter 1, we're not going to read this entire chapter. But Zacharias, he was a a man who was born into a priestly line. Verses 5 and 6 lets us know that, you know, he was was of, you know, the division of Abijah. So they they were people that were born in a godly home, and and they they were a part of the priestly family. And the Bible says they were righteous in verse 5. And They they held on to the promises that they'd been taught. For years, it seemed like God did not answer. In fact, this couple, they they were barren. She could not have a child. And so barrenness was something that was not looked favorably upon in in this day. In fact, it was looked like almost as a curse. Like you were someone 
that perhaps we're not faithful to God. You've done something wrong because you're barren. And we find that Elizabeth, even though she was barren, she remained faithful. Zechariah, even though there was no children born in their family, they remained faithful. And here they are now. They're not in their 20s. They're not in their 40s. They're now at the end of life. The Bible lets us know that they're now old and they're still faithful to God. This is a story that can be so encouraging to us today. When we we see things happening in our world and we don't know how it's going to turn out, we just got to say, God, I don't know really why you're doing this or how this is going on, but God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know why this has not happened yet, but God, I'm going to put my confidence in you. Look at verse 8. Zacharias. So it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, the lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. You know, it was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Zacharias. There, there was 23 orders of priests that were there together, and they would choose them. They would draw lots, okay? It's, it, it's the 17th order is going to be the ones today. And then out of all the 17th, they would choose who would be the person that would go in and, and offer the incense before God. And, and it was his turn. This was a big deal. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. He gets to go into the holy place. He gets to stand outside the curtain where the presence of God dwelled. And he gets to offer incense. It was a very sacred honor for Zechariah. Verse 10 goes on to say, And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar. Wow. Who would have expected this? And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. I'm sure he thought, like, which one? (laughs) I've prayed a lot of prayers. I've been holding on to a lot of promises. Which one? And then he heard the answer. Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to bear a son. You should call his name John. This is going to be John the Baptist. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, for he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. What do you mean here, Mr. Angel? Why is John going to turn many toward God? Because many have given up on hope. How many years? 400 years. Brother Mark talked about the darkness. It's called the dark ages. No voice of God. No flickering candle. No no glimmer of hope in the distance. And all of a sudden, as Zacharias is there in the holy place, the angel says, you're going to have a son. You've been barren. You think, what? We've been praying for this for a long time. We prayed in our 20s and we prayed in our 30s and 40s and 50s. 
the people in their minds, they, they really felt that God had abandoned them and they had lost hope in the promise. But they were going to have a child. Because Zacharias had a few questions. He was going to be made dumb for a little while. Probably should have kept his mouth shut in the presence of an angel. But but the promise came in verse 20. Behold, you'll be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which were fulfilled which will be fulfilled in their own time god promised and he said at the appointed time someone say the appointed time you might say when's god going to come good on the promise in my life When? I can't give you the answer today. I can't say it's going to be on Thursday, July 4th, or whatever. I can't say that. But I'm going to just tell you one thing. At the appointed time, God is going to come good on his promise. God's timing is always different than my timing. We don't like that part. Amen? The Bible lets us know that his calendar... He has a different calendar than you and I have. We like to pencil it in. God, you're going to take care of it by this person on this day at this time. But I just want to tell you today, if God's made a promise in his word, it will come to pass. Verse 21, and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. This is probably the first game of charades. You know, I don't know how he he let everybody know that Elizabeth's going to have a baby. He wrote down that the baby's name was going to be John. Verse 23, and so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth, she conceived, God's word is true. She hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among the people. This this is such an amazing event in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. But this is only the first glimmer of light for a bigger event that's getting ready to take place. Just a few verses down. There was a remnant that believed that the promises of God are true. There was a remnant that believed and they had hope that the Messiah would come. They'd pass this truth down to their children that there was coming a day in the not too distant future that the promise would be fulfilled. And here it is, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee near Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. 
Zacharias and Elizabeth, that was just the warm-up event. God was just getting started of fulfilling his promises. But the big event was getting ready to happen. The prophets that had said the Messiah was coming, this was going to happen right now. Here in the the latter part of Luke chapter 1, I just want to challenge someone today in this room. I want to challenge someone who's watching on the broadcast live today. Here's my challenge to you this Christmas. Stay faithful to the promise. Amen? Stay faithful to his promise. Remain hopeful at the word of God today. Good times, yes. Bad times, yes. Times of plenty, yes. Times of not so much, yes. I want to tell someone, your faith is not in vain. We, we sung the chorus last week at the end of service. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. I've proven that. There's been times I thought God's given up on me. But I tell you today with confidence and assurance that every single time I thought that, God showed up. Amen? How many would testify with pastor and say, I've seen that happen in my life. That God on so many occasions, when I really thought it wasn't going to happen, God came through. This Christmas story renews some hope within all of us. Don't throw in the towel yet. Don't give up yet. I don't know where you're at today. I know some of you have got situations. You don't know how it's going to turn out, and you've been trusting God. You've been believing God. Don't give up yet. Stand on the promise. Hold on to the promise. Take the promise to prayer because God's promises are true. God's promises will come to pass. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. I want, I want you to stand and read this with me. I want you to stand up. We're almost done. What, what a great verse this is. Re- read this with me. For... Okay, stop right there. Stop stop at word two. I want you to say that word with some power. For all the promises of God are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. How many promises? You mean the one that you're waiting on? You mean the one that hasn't been answered in your home yet? You mean the one that you've been praying about for for two years or eight years or 12 years? You mean that one? The Bible says, for all the promises of God are in him, yes. That verse Hebrews 10 and 23, let us hold fast the confession of, of our hope, that let's not waver in this thing. Let's get a backbone that it doesn't matter what comes, it doesn't matter what goes, it doesn't matter what happens in the pandemic, it doesn't matter what happens in my job, in my finances, I'm gonna trust in God. Because he who promised 
is faithful. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know what you're praying for. I'm not sure what you're hoping for today. You may have prayed a prayer for a long time. Maybe your child's away from God. Maybe you're looking for a healing in your body. Maybe you're waiting on the spouse that you're wanting God to bring you to come. Maybe you're waiting for a baby. You'd like to have a baby. I don't know what your hope is in today. I'm not sure what you're praying for today. But I, I want today God's word to encourage you to place your hope to place your trust in the source of all hope and let the power of the Holy Ghost give you confident hope. I believe there's someone here today and and you've allowed yourself to start to doubt that it's ever going to happen. But today, the word of God has spoken into your heart. There's been a little flicker, a little flame that has been ignited today. I'm just asking you to embrace it. Hold on to it. Trust his promise. If your head is bowed and eyes are closed right now, if you've got a situation you're trusting God for, You've got a situation you're needing God to answer. I want you just to lift your hand and say, Pastor Steve, I'm holding on to hope. There's hands being raised around this room. We're going to conclude this service. And I'm just encouraging all of us to reach out, to trust God, hold on to his promise. Because his promise still stands. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram and on Facebook. Just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.